And our theme verse is Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. And the title of this morning's message is Live It Up. Live it up, live it up, and we're going to live at a different level in Christ Jesus. So stand with me as we read the word of God this morning. Starting in verse number 28 of chapter number 40. And I love this part here. Do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God. Somebody give me an amen. amen. The creator of the ends of the earth. Somebody say, that's my God. He will not grow tired. He will not grow weary. And his understanding, no one can fathom. Come on now. He gives strength to the weary. He increases power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, he will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. God, I love you, and I thank you for your word. I praise you, God, that during this time when Christians are growing tired and weary, you do not grow tired and weary. But when we tap into you and put our hope in you, you said we will not grow tired and weary either. We will not stumble and fall. We will mount up and soar on wings like eagles, Lord God. And I thank you, God, that we will bring your gospel all around this world, and we will shine bright at home, and we will shine bright abroad. And in Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, amen. You can be seated this morning. We are going to learn about living it up this morning, living at a whole new level. And we talked about in our first series this year, it was a series called Free, and we saw tons of people get set free by the power of God and God doing amazing work through that series. After that, we talked about a series called Graveyard, where we wanted you to resurrect hopes, dreams, desires in your life that, that God's called you to do. And they're not dead, and we're not going to let the grave take what God's called us to do here in this earth. We are going to do more than exist. We're going to live. And so now we're in a series called Soar, and now that we know what we're called to do we're going to soar and we're going to mount up on wings like eagles and we're going to go to where God's called us to go and do amazing things and so we've talked about eagles throughout this series and that's the main theme that we're using in this series and we know some amazing facts about eagles eagles can fly at a rate of 65 miles an hour at an altitude of 10,000 feet they can spot a prey um, three three square miles away and they have eagle eyes as Jeff talked about last week and, and amazing attributes about eagles they weigh can weigh up to 14 pounds they can carry up to four pounds in their in their claws as they uh, for food and the the attributes of an eagle are absolutely amazing and God likens us in scripture to an eagle many times and so God wants you to be that type of person who can soar on for hours and hours on end without even landing because we catch the updrafts in life amen that's how they soar for hours but today we're going to talk about the nest of an eagle the nest of an eagle it literally is this they make their the, the average size of a nest is two feet deep and five feet across some nests after time can grow to be 10 feet across and weigh up to 4,000 pounds. Can I get a, oh my goodness. <laughs> That's crazy. I'm glad he's not building one in my attic or my side of the house. <laughs> and this nest is a place, it's a safe place for the eaglets when they're born. It's a protected place for the eaglets as they continue to grow. And it's an everlasting place. For them because eagles after they build their own nest they return to it year after year after year after year after year to the same place and it's their dwelling place and as we get started this morning I want you to find out what your dwelling place is and dwelling literally means this it means to take up residence or to have an address change. Dwelling means to take up residence or to have an address change. And it's time for many in the body of Christ to have an address change from your earthly condition to your heavenly position. Amen? 
You must change your address from wherever you're at now to 777 Street of Gold. Amen? You're going to be up there in the heavenly places where he's called you to be, soaring on the high places like he's called you to soar, and we must begin to change our dwelling place. And I love this scripture that encompasses your dwelling place, I believe, better than any other scripture, and it's Psalm 91. Psalm 91 is an amazing scripture that that I want to read for you here. And as we read Psalm 91, listen to what the very first verse says. It says, He who dwells, takes up residence, or has an address change in the shelter of the Most High, will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Starting off with that verse, it's saying you must have an address change if you're going to take up shelter with the Most High God. And when you have an address change, you will find rest in the shadow of Almighty God. And if you're going to stand in His shadow, it means He's here and you're standing behind God and He is taking the brunt of everything that comes your way. You will find rest. Many believers who truly trust in Jesus and know that he's their Savior never find rest because they never change their dwelling place after they were born again. They continue to live in an earthly condition mindset instead of living in a heavenly position, calling, or place where you're called to be in Christ Jesus. Now I'm going to recap just for a second. Um, Some of the stuff we talked about in the very first uh, message that we did in this series and Ephesians 2 5 and 6 it says when we were dead in our trespasses or our condition He made us alive together with Christ By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus Now if you are going to change your dwelling place You've got to understand that even though we are earthly living here, we are spiritually seated with Christ and in him up here. And our new position in Christ, because the old you has gone and the new you has come, our new position in Christ will always have power over the condition of this earthly life that we're living in. Many people never experience that power because we choose to stay here in the earthly conditions rather than change our dwelling place to our heavenly position. Amen? I like to say it like this. Many of you are trying to fight to victory. God didn't call us to fight to victory. He said to fight from a place of victory. Right? We're fighting from his place, his position. We've been seated with Christ in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So our new place is living it up, living it up here with Christ in the heavenly place that he called us to be. And in this heavenly place that he called us to be, it's our dwelling place where we now have a change of address and we begin to live in this place from this anointing and from this power. And if we begin to live in this place in him and with him in this power, whatever condition you face, if you'll bring your condition and submit it to his position, your condition will change due to his position. Come on now. Your conditions will then begin to change because of the position not just you're in, but you're seated with him in Christ Jesus, who is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And I love what the word of God says. It says, and he's given us the name that is above every name. And at that name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess in heaven and on earth and under the earth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so whatever condition you're dealing with, if you'll bring it to the king of kings in the position, the position will override your condition, and whatever your condition is has to bow its knee to the name of Jesus. So what are you struggling with today? I believe more than anything that the name of Jesus is stronger than leukemia. Come on now. 
I believe that the name of Jesus is stronger than divorce. I believe that the name of Jesus is more powerful than your child rebellion. Amen? I believe that the name of Jesus is more powerful than the Antichrist coming against you. Come on. I believe that the name of Jesus is not just more powerful. The name of Jesus is all-powerful. And he's given us that name. That name that's above every name. And he didn't just give us his name. He said, I want to give you my name, and I want you to be seated with me, but also seated in me. In Christ Jesus, in heavenly places. And when we begin to live it up from that perspective, and in this new dwelling place, our conditions will begin to change to represent our position in Christ Jesus. And as we begin to do that, I, I want to bring up this scripture reference, and it's Colossians 2.6. If you want to turn in your Bibles, you can. But this next part that I'm going to talk about, the key to soaring is staying in your dwelling place. But there's an issue we face is a, a lot of people, when we get born again, we say we're a new Christian, but we never truly experience the power of God and become a new creation. Right? Because a lot of us get saved, but we still struggle with the same problems. But when we become a new Christian, we simply said, Jesus, come into my heart, and, 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 I, and I trust in you that you've forgiven me of my sins, and, and you became a Christian, which means Christ follower. But we should have become more than a new Christian. We should have became a new creation. And there must be a shift from new Christian to new creation in Christ Jesus. And here's the reason why we've never learned about how to become a new creation. We simply just stayed a new Christian. is because we have always been taught that to get saved or born again, you need to receive Christ into your life. And that is 100% correct. You need to receive Christ into your life. The problem with this is we had Christ come into us, but we've never been taught that we must go into him. Jesus said it, I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. <laughs> he goes on to say in this verse in Colossians 2, 6, and I want you to memorize these nine verses because in nine verses, nine times, he either says in him or with him. And if we don't understand that new Christian is because of him coming in us, but new creation and walking in power is because of us going into him, we're never going to walk in power. And when issues we face like happened these past couple weeks happen, we'll find ourselves being um, uh, earthly minded rather than heavenly powerful. And so we must step into a new creation mindset and not just a new Christian mindset. And so this new creation happens by becoming in him. And it says in verse number six, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, made him Lord of your life, you got born again, so walk in him. Everybody say, in him. In him. Being rooted and built up in him. Say, in him. And established in the faith, just as you were taught, according, uh, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it. Now listen, this is what happens when you're in him. You get to see to it that no one can take you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to the human tradition. Wow, this sounds so much like we've just gone through it. According to the elemental spirits of this world and not according to Christ. For in him the fullness of God dwells in bodily form. And you have been filled in him 
who is the head of all ruler and authority. And in him you are also circumcised with the circumcision that cannot be done by hands by the putting off of the body of the flesh, by the, but by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the power working of God, um, who raised him from the dead and you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh God made you to be alive or free together with him having forgiven us all of our sins by canceling the record of debt that stood, with, that stood against us with its legal demands he said this he set aside nailing it to the cross he disarmed the rulers in authority and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him now I'm going to challenge you to memorize those nine verses over the next five weeks of this series. Because I'm going to go back to them time and time and time again. And being in him. And being with him. Because so many Christians, we said, Jesus come into my heart, but we never planned on going into him. But you will never receive or walk in the power of God and become a new creation without being in him. Because most of us say, I made Jesus Savior and Lord of my life. And most of you are lying because you just said, I'm trusting him as Savior. Because Lordship is when you say, I don't want just you and me, but I want to be in you. I want to be in you, Christ Jesus. And I don't want to just be next to you. I want to be seated with you in heavenly places. I want to be in you. And the Bible says the very last verse that we read is that we triumph over them. What is them? Anything you're coming against. We triumph over them in him. This is why many new Christians never see the power of God and really become a new creation. Because we just said Jesus coming to me. We never said I want to go into him. This is why new Christians continue to do the same old junk. We continue to do the same old sin. We continue to say, oh, God is all powerful, but his power doesn't seem to be working in our life. It's because we never made the transition from new creation where we trusted Jesus as Savior Lord to new, cre to new creation in our life where we experience the power of God. And if we are going to experience and show the power of God in this world, it can't just be him and us. We have to be in him. We must begin to live in that residing place in him. So the answer to your salvation is truly Christ in you. The answer to your victory is you in Christ and staying in your dwelling place. So if you are not, if you are not victorious in an area of your life right now, I want you to simply make the, think about it like this. Is this area of my life truly submitted and in him? Is it truly submitted and in him? And if it's not, change it and watch how victory can come in your life and God do amazing things. And so as we begin to talk about the dwelling place this morning, I had to go over all those things about where the dwelling place is so you can experience the fullness of what the dwelling place truly can do in your life. And so we read in Psalm 91 that he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Now dwelling, all that I just went over in Ephesians and Colossians encompasses the dwelling place. How you get to the dwelling place. How you stay in the dwelling place. How the power of God works for your life in the dwelling place. And now we get to go on and experience the fullness of the dwelling place. The dwelling place is more than just a nest. It's literally a safe place 
for your life. And it goes on to say, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And then when you're in that place, you get to start talking like this. You get to start talking like those people you wish you could talk like, right? You know, you hear people say, dang, I just wish I had that faith or that confidence. Well, when you're in the dwelling place, the Bible goes on to say this. It says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. He is my God in whom I trust. It doesn't say God says that. It doesn't say a preacher says that. It says when you are in the shelter of the Most High and you know you're there in that place with God, you can say of the Lord confidently. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, he is my fortress, he is my God. No, he's not your God, he's my God. He's not the God of TWVC, he's my God. He's not the God of Rusty and Laura, he's my God. I've got a personal connection with him. We live in the same house. I moved into his place because it's a lot better than my place. Come on. He's not just your, he's my God. And you can share in him too, there's plenty of him to go around but I'm going to let you know where I stand with him. And you need to get that confidence about you. That confidence doesn't come by reading more and studying more. That confidence comes by you literally making a transition in your life to the dwelling place and not leaving that place. It comes by you conversing with God and having conversation. And God says, I'm calling you to a higher standard in your life. I'm calling you to my dwelling place. And you know, when you go into the house of a guest, you live like they live for the time period that you're there. If they take their shoes off when they walk into their house, you take your shoes off when you walk into their house. Am I right? So when you walk into God's house or his dwelling place, you begin to act and live like God acts and lives. Come on now, some of y'all need this. You begin to act and live like God acts and lives. And he calls you to a higher standard of living. He calls you to a kingdom standard not a Western culture standard. He calls you to his place of power, not the power that we're used to here in this world. You can say to the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, he is my God, and I trust in him. It's a safe place that we live. I love Psalm 91. It goes on to say, Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers. Under his wings you will find refuge. And his faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. Ooh, come on now. It says nothing about your faithfulness. It says when you dwell in the shelter of the Most High God. The very first verse. When you dwell in the shelter of the Most High God. You can say with confidence he is your refuge and your fortress. And his faithfulness is your protector. Not your faithfulness. Come on now. He stands up for you. Have you ever seen a bully on the playground? And finally one day somebody just stands up to him. Puts him in his place. I'm telling you, you've been bullied long enough. It's time that you find a dwelling place, get into his standard of living, and watch when you begin to declare, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. He said, I'm going to be your shield. I'm going to stand in front of you. It's a safe place. I love it. He says, under his wings and his feathers, he will cover you and you'll find rest. Some of you, if you could go one day without worrying, you'd think, oh, I have made it to heaven. Get ready. You're about to experience heaven. I have never seen a society more worried about trivial junk in all my life than we worry about today. And God says, what you worried about? I don't, 
We don't live by, we don't live by economics. We live by heavenomics. We're in his kingdom. But we're all worried about Wall Street and the crash that can happen, will happen, it'll probably happen again in the future sometime. God says, just come into my place and I'll cover you with my feathers. Under my wings, you'll find rest. Oh, and it's a great place when you can rest in God. It's a place of peace that passes all understanding. All your friends are going to be worried about stuff and you're like, you just need to come into my dwelling place. <laughs> but don't let them pull you out of the dwelling place to get into their junk. We must begin to live at a different level and a different standard. You will not, ooh, I like this. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. We live in a world that's ran and driven by fear. Fear of this, fear of ISIS, fear of a terrorist attack, fear of a nuclear war, fear of World War III, fear of the, the economy collapsing, fear of this, and everything we do is fear-driven, fear-motivated, and this right here says, you will not fear the terror that comes at night, nor the arrow that flies by day, that means the fear you can see coming, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, so when all of Ebola breaks out again, you don't even have to worry. We live in such a fear-driven society. It says, you don't have to fear it. The pestilence that stalks in the darkness, don't worry about it, nor the plague that destroys at midday. <laughs> Come on now. I mean, this is a dwelling place. And, and I, gotta get, I, I want you guys to understand, this is an Old Testament scripture. The Holy Spirit had not come in Acts chapter 2 yet. And the psalmist is writing this, where we should be saying, how much more should we be in this dwelling place? Because we got the very Spirit of God that lives on the inside of us, that's drawing us closer to a standard, who is telling us things to come. The power of the Holy Spirit does that. He said, I'll tell you things to come. And an Old Testament psalmist has more faith than the body of Christ today. It's time we get in a dwelling place. And I am so passionately in love with the dwelling place. <laughs> Because it enables you and it empowers you to do things and live a life that you've never lived before. And I like this the next verse. It says, a thousand may fall by your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Now I read that scripture and my right hand is pretty close to me. And if it says a thousand may fall at my side and ten thousand as close as my right hand, but it's not coming near me. God has a different perspective on things than I have. So if it falls and it's a centimeter from me, but God's in that centimeter, it may as well be 10,000 miles away because it can't get between me and God because God is standing between it. It can't touch us. And in these days that we live in, we as the body of Christ got to find this dwelling place. And I love how he begins to write this. He goes on to say, you will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked so the dwelling place is a safe place the dwelling place is also a protected place it goes on to say this in verse number nine if you say talking back referring to verse one he who dwells in the shelter of the most high will dwell, will rest in the shadow of the almighty it goes on to say if you say the lord is my refuge and you make them lord most high your dwelling no harm will overtake you no disaster will come near your tent mm. Now, I love this term tent. Tent is a powerful term here. 
A lot of times when they would refer to tent, most people knew, especially in Jewish culture, that they were automatically referring to, referring to the tent of God and the tabernacle in the wilderness. It was the mobile presence of God, and wherever they set up this earthly tent, the presence of God would show up. And so when he says, no harm will befall you, no disaster will come near your tent, the tent was a temporal thing. The tent was a place that could be taken down and set back up again. Your body in the Bible is referred to as a tent sometimes. That it's a temporal place. That this body one day, we're going to die, and then we'll experience the trueness of all God's glory when we're in heaven. So this tent is a temporal place. It's a mobile place. It can go from place to place. But it says, no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent. Because the dwelling place is a permanent place. The tent is a mobile place. And so if the tent is where the presence of God showed up, that means wherever the presence of God was, the dwelling place presided. And so when you are going around the world with the gospel, your dwelling place is not in Sulphur Springs. It's where the presence of God is in your life. So I love it. No harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent. So if God calls, if God calls um, uh, Miss Donna over to, to Uganda, Africa, and that's where he calls her tent to go, guess what? <laughs> the dwelling place is still the same place. The tent may have moved, but the dwelling place hasn't. No harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent. So it's better to be in the most dangerous place in the earth as a Christian, but in the will of God and in his dwelling place, than the safest place in the world as a Christian, but out of the will of God and out of his dwelling place. This is why it's fun to go to Vietnam and China in the will of God. (laughs) I specify that very heavily. (laughs) In the will of God. Because I'm safer in the will of God in a communist nation where they're putting people in prison than I am out of the will of God in this tent in the United States and out of his dwelling place. It's no different in your life. When God calls you to go to faith places, and I'll get into this in a couple weeks when we talk about getting out of the nest, it's time for you to get out and do something. Come on. I'm going to remind you, remember the dwelling place? It's got to go with you. See, the great thing about God's dwelling place, it's not limited to this earth. Wherever you go, in the presence and the will of God for your life, you're in his dwelling place. The fight that we face as believers is this. It's not against the devil. It's against the rulers and the principalities and the authorities trying to entice us or tempt us to get out of the dwelling place of God rather than stay here with him. Your fight is not against the devil. It's to stay in the dwelling place. It's to stay in the will and the power of God for your life. So the next time you think you're battling the devil, you're not. You're battling to stay in your dwelling place. And the next time something goes to draw you out of your dwelling place, you just look at it and say, no, 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 because my dwelling place is here. And if we would literally visualize it like that, the battle is that easy to be won. And so your fight is to stay in the dwelling place no matter where your tent is at in this earth. And I love this. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot up against the stone. You got all the angels of heaven at your access. 
And we're sitting here wondering why, why God isn't moving. Where is the power of God? And I love this verse in Psalm 103 that I quoted earlier. And it says, you mighty ones, you angels of the Lord who do his bidding or the work of God, who obey the voice of the word of God. When you start putting voice to God's word, all of heaven begins to react. The problem is we just hadn't been quoting the right scripture at the right times and in the right places. We've been throwing it out there to support an agenda, not staying in the dwelling place of God. But God says, when you stay in my dwelling place, all my angels are here. They will lift you up in your hands so you don't even strike your foot up against the stone. He goes on to say this. He says, you will tread upon the lion and the cobra. I, I got to do a message just on that word, verse one day. I'm going to have to figure out some way to get that in there. This is a powerful verse. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Be, now listen, now God's starting to talk. Whew, you guys got to get this passage down, man. See, at first you made a decision to go into the dwelling place. Then you said, I declare the Lord. Now when everything's starting to come against you, God says, I'm going to talk. Now, come on now, that's good. God says, you don't even worry about talking about your situation. I'm fixing to come in and talk to your situation. Now, come on, that's good. And God begins to speak. God pipes up and says, because he loves me, says the Lord, I'm going to rescue him. I'm going to protect him, for he acknowledges my name. Now, come on, that's good. So God says, when all the hell's coming against you, and you can't fight anymore, and you're working your hardest to stay in the dwelling place, I'm going to step in, and I'm going to start talking because I'm God Almighty. I'm going to protect him. I'm going to rescue him because he acknowledges me, or he calls me his daddy. He calls me his God. And again, this is an Old Testament psalmist writing this. Come on now. God's beginning to speak about your situation it says he will call on me and I will answer him it didn't say he's going to leave you high and dry he's not just going to abandon your marriage situation some of you are sitting here thinking but I've been praying and praying about this situation for a long time and God just hadn't answered get in the dwelling place that's the answer to your problem you've been praying from a condition not from a position You've been praying from your circumstance and your physical illness instead of from your place in your dwelling place with God Almighty. When you begin to pray from here, you'll see results. That's the difference of a new Christian and a new creation. He goes on to say, I will, he will call upon me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him, I will honor him. That's my God. So the dwelling place is a safe place. It's a protected place. But the last verse, I love this. It's an everlasting place. With long life, I will satisfy him. And I will show him my salvation. With long life, I'll satisfy him. If you are unsatisfied in your life right now, you are not in the dwelling place. If you wonder in your life, God, there's got to be more than this Christian walk than, than I'm experiencing. There's got to be more than life to this, than this. You're not in the dwelling place. And I'm going to challenge you to get into the dwelling place because in the dwelling place, every need that you have 
will be met. And I'm not just talking monetary needs. I'm talking the deepest groanings and hurts and pains in your heart will be healed. The deepest desires on the inside of you, God will begin to fan a flame and make you hungry for his things. And he'll begin to satisfy your life with good things. The Bible says it in Psalm 103. I will satisfy your life with good things. And with long life, he will satisfy you and show you his salvation. Today, the dwelling place is the place you must reside. And salvation means way more than making it to heaven one day. It means way more than one day we'll be in the streets of gold with God. He said, I will satisfy him and I will show him my salvation. I love what the psalmist writes in another one. He said, I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. That's how he phrased it. So God wants to touch your life and begin to change it now here on this earth. Because when you're in heaven, you are no good to the spreading of the gospel. Who are you preaching to in heaven? Who are you planning on getting saved up there? I mean, really? A lot of us plan on starting to do something awesome when we get to heaven. <laughs> you need to start planning on doing something awesome here. Amen. Here's where we need the preaching. Here's where we need the Christ-like example. Here's where we need a body of Christ to find a dwelling place where the power of God can manifest and change a lost and dying world. What you waiting on getting to heaven for? Let's start doing it now. He says, in this nest... In my dwelling place, if you stay there, it'll create a long life in you. And I'll be able to meet every need and desire that you have in this dwelling place.